everyone. Welcome to Risk Roundup. From the revolution in personal computers to the information communication and digitization technologies that helped us all to have faster access to information and communication than ever before, we are now witnessing the rise of artificial intelligence that is fundamentally transforming the very meaning of intelligence. So as we evaluate the industries across nations undergo a profound and lasting shift in the relative balance of power of intelligence, the application and adoption of artificial intelligence will offer each business as many opportunities as it does challenges. The artificial intelligence capability is revolutionizing every aspect of business and commerce. It has leveled the playing field and brought everyone a unique possibility of progress. What needs to be seen is whether in the level playing field, who will be able to compete and lay a new foundation for lasting prosperity and who will decline. To discuss how artificial intelligence is transforming business further, I'm delighted to welcome Eric Daimler to Risk Roundup. Eric is an authority in artificial intelligence and is currently the CEO of Spinglass and sits on the board of uh, Petum, Petum Inc. Before that, he was the White House Fellow for Machine Learning and Robotics under the Obama administration. He is based in the United States. Welcome, Eric. We are so very honored to have you on Risk Roundup. Good to be here, Dr. Panda. Wonderful, Eric. So today, what is common to all businesses is access to technology and information. But what is not common is how each individual business uses that information for what purpose and goals. While artificial intelligence has given businesses across industries and nations the same starting point in access to AI technology, data and information, what are the parameters that will define their individual success? So I really think we're going to enter a new wave of AI where we had previously been fascinated with uh, learning algorithms that, that I had researched with, with colleagues. And uh, we have some notable uh, uh, successes uh, from that, from, from me and, and colleagues in other groups. You know, the most popular among them, the one that isn't even reached the public imagination is uh, deep learning. But those learning algorithms, I think, are limited by the industry expertise that's brought to bear on these problems. And I think that's really the next wave of AI is an appreciation and then an application of this rich sort of earned industry expertise on all manner of business problems in conjunction with the applications of the learning algorithms. Yes, that that's a very good, uh, you know, analysis that you gave and the industry expertise, I think that is at the heart of uh, the whole revolution that is going on. Because while there are businesses, you know, in each industry across nations, not all businesses and not all industries across nations, they have the same level or depth of, you know, understanding or the expertise. And also, of course, you know, the uh, resources, you know, who has that kind of resources that would allow them to go through, you know, deep learning algorithms, because it requires a huge amount of expertise. So businesses across nations are expected to face these extraordinary challenges and changes in the coming years, 
with automation driven growth is the only constant in those changes now in artificial intelligence driven automation growth means irrespective of whether that is machine learning or deep learning growth means more intelligence from the data and information from connected devices from you know uh, data opportunities and risks so the that individual the you know proprietary data or the big data or the social data any kind of data they have you know what access to so the emerging trends in the ai driven automation reflects significant shifts of players and actions in the ai sphere that reveal the reconfiguration of interest and influence and investments in the ai domain of global business politics and power play so from your assessment what shifts do you see in the businesses across nations uh, that uh, you find it troubling you know or you find it welcoming uh, that you know these advances are coming towards us you know ibm says that half of all ai projects fail you know, half <laughs> that's it's really quite something you know and we we see some pressure from the board uh, the board level about uh, implementing ai in some capacity you know a, a week doesn't go by uh, where i don't get a call from uh, some kind of board level participant uh, but we're wanting to to know that a, a large company is is addressing ai uh, ai properly yet these projects fail you know and they and they fail for a variety of reasons but one is that there's a lack of understanding really about what AI is beyond these precise learning algorithms. So uh, me and people like me have developed these precise uh, tools for automation, but to put them into use, we need to work in collaboration, work you know, shoulder to shoulder with somebody that has worked in an industry and understands the nomenclature understands the ontology, if you will, what we, what we would call it, for a particular group. So, uh, for example, we were looking at some uh, pharmaceutical companies who have a vast database of old uh, drug tests that they would love to bring to bear on inventing new drugs. And we as citizens would also like them to do that uh, and synthetically instead of doing human tests as a, as a, a first test. But merging those databases is is non-trivial, uh, and it's the, technically a, a big deal to be sure that the data integration, data migration, it consumes 40% of the global IT budget, but the understanding of uh, what's involved in these drug tests can't fall to uh, some technologist, some computer scientist uh, like myself. If you have one drug database that said, uh, smoking, yes, no. Another said smoking, how how long ago? Another said smoking, how much? You can't, in the in the words of of these uh, database projects, you know, normalize that data because then you'd lose the fidelity, you'd lose the nuance that might actually be critical to measuring the proper outcomes of the drugs. And in that case, it's literally life and death. We can afford to have failures in AI projects that might deal with digital advertising, for example, but we can't afford to have failures in a many, many other projects. Aerospace, you don't want your jetliners to, to, uh, to have trial and error. Pharmaceuticals, you don't want to have trial and error. Even things like natural gas exploration, energy exploration more generally, you don't want to have uh, trial and error. These have to be done very precisely. And the board 
can't really get a grasp on the whole system that's necessary to be deployed and the resources required and even the time that they should be dedicating and thinking about consideration of AI as a, as a whole system, inputting of the data, the sensing of the data perhaps before that, and then the planning and the, and the computation interacting with the whole infrastructure of compute before we then interpret the outcome. That whole system needs to be part of the sensibility at the board level, at the organization level, and needs to filter down to have give comfort to those actually implementing these AI projects. Now that's an excellent, you know, um, analysis that you give because uh, when so many projects, almost half of them fail, then, you know, it brings a question that, uh, who is driving these projects? Is it the AI uh, engineers that are driving this project or the business, you know, is driving the project? Who has understanding? So, and the data challenges that you said about the integration and uh, collaboration, that those are, you know, very big challenges because first of all, industries rarely, you know, work together as, you know, collaborative. Everybody, I mean, the competition still persists, right? It's a uh, competitive capitalist system. So everyone is trying to beat the other businesses and try to be ahead. So uh, for them to work together, to use everybody's data sets together, to collaborate, to integrate, that itself is a huge challenge. And and uh, on top of it, who is driving? How much understanding is what vision? You know, what problem you are trying to solve? It's not just about having data and creating the algorithm, but what, what problem you are trying to solve. So there is a lot that, you know, beginning from the board level, you know, uh, the executives need to, uh, you know, understand and drive. So businesses are beginning to understand the implications of this evolving artificial intelligence driven automation ecosystem far beyond this, you know, narrow artificial intelligence and that crosses the economic commerce and governance and trade supply chain because every is getting impacted. So while the relationship between the businesses and automation is complicated and at times indirect, the force and pace of this AI-driven automation change is expected, you know, in the coming years, uh, and it is going to present each industry a lot of challenges and opportunities for its businesses and products and services and the supply chain. So you mentioned, you know, a good example of pharmaceutical industry, which other industries do you see that is working at an industry level, you know, to integrate and collaborate on their data, you know, uh, basis so that, you know, they can come with the solutions that overall broadly the industries are, you know, facing? You know, there's a lot of opportunities here, but you brought up a really great point that's that's really worth expanding on, which is the, the degree of social interaction required more generally across the organization. So when uh, during the uh, Obama uh, White House, I had the good fortune of l- looking at my peers, other AI robotics experts in other domains of the United States federal government. So it would be the State Department, the Defense Department, the Energy Department, the Health and Human Services Department, transportation, and so forth. And we tried starting at the most basic level, what is the definition of a robot? What is the definition of artificial intelligence? And I and I found after some period of time that we couldn't come to uh, a really uh, uh, clean understanding, common understanding, and for good reason. You know, the the Defense Department's probably the easiest one to, as a, to distinguish as a standout. The uses of their, their robots are completely different than, than serving 
the, a retired community, this health and human services might, or the Department of Labor might have completely different applications than uh, the Department of Defense. So their very definition of, of what a robot and, and what an AI is should be respected. And that uh, uh, sometimes uh, you know, heavy-handed approach by, by a large organization to try to force some commonality of, of understanding may also uh, delay uh, uh, the results of your AI projects or diminish the results of your AI projects. So the, the future is in those technologies that allow for collaboration, that allow for some degree of integration, but respects the ontology, again, the nomenclature, the, 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 the sensibilities uh, of one group or uh, another. You know, that is, can take place in software uh, where uh, every team can think that their particular expertise and their particular job uh, isn't threatened. And that, that really does have an impact in the success rate of these, of these AI projects, because we have to start with integrated data. Mm -hmm. on, your, on your other pro uh, uh, question, what are the, the, you know, the big leverage points? What are the other industries that really are gonna benefit from applications of AI? We can really look at any industry, but the one that uh, currently has uh, uh, my attention is in, in the industrial supply chain. So, you know, the reason that that some companies like uh, like Amazon here uh, in in the United States is uh, very powerful is because they provide a service linking suppliers and buyers fundamentally. And if you go into the physical supply chain, the industrial supply chain, uh, you find that there's a huge friction in onboarding new suppliers. The, the research says that it takes six months and 125 uh, different tasks to consider a new supplier. Now that will diminish any, any particular company's ability to gain visibility into future market forces and consider uh, other alternatives, if, whether I want to plan on particular growth in buying new machinery, uh, or I just want to be distributing and, and redu re, uh, my, my supplier base and reducing my risks, that, that friction is, uh, it, it today is very high. We talked to a mid-level trucking company who has 10% of their staff dedicated to information technology professionals. It's just a, a ridiculous uh, allocation of resources for a trucking company. So that degree of inefficiency it was one of the motivations behind the United States Department of Commerce's funding uh, of, of some exciting software projects to address this issue. And I think that's going to provide a really nice uh, uh, um, next wave of, of, of ideas and next wave of opportunity globally uh, as we bring an efficiency of the industrial supply chain to be closer to the efficiency we see in the, in the digital supply chain. Yes, no, I think that's an excellent point. And the first point that you made about the nomenclature, you know, what is AI? I mean, that from, I, you are the second person this week who, uh, I was talking to someone from Homeland Security yesterday, and they also mentioned the same thing, that, that you know, there is so much uh, 
misunderstanding about what exactly is ai you know i mean should we na even name it as ai or whether it's cognitive systems or learning systems so that is a whole topic of another discussion but yes that needs to be addressed what exactly is that we are trying to do by using this evolution in intelligence these learning systems and the whole reason we are why we are going through why we are creating this entirely new intelligent species is for the solving the complex the big problems facing humanity so if we are if we want to solve all those big problems facing humanity for the future of humanity then we all need to come together and work there should not be that many silo efforts of you know each nation working on solving industry problem at their you know just a national level or even local level we all need to come together collaborate and you know share the data or integrate the data so that we have more information we have more intelligence and you know we can solve the bigger problems that is you know coming towards us because uh, if we don't you know work together collaborate cooperate then you know we are just going to weaponize these algorithms and that's going to bring a whole different level of challenge and we don't want to go there so from your i i you in the beginning you mentioned that you are working uh, on some sort of uh, uh, putting together guidelines or structure to this uh, algorithms or how we should go forward with this ai you know development you know and uh, implementation or you know deploy i mean uh, design define and develop so how should from your assessment uh, how would, how should any industry evaluate first of all and prepare for the impact of ai and then you know define and design the solutions that would help the entire industry yeah you know the first place to look when uh, implementing an ai solution is defining what job you want to automate and you have to define that in in really precise terms and so to use an alliteration you can't automate what you can't articulate you know you need to be very formal uh, pretty rigorous maybe even pedantic about enumerating the particular steps of a job and how you want to potentially automate that job. You know, I was at a dinner uh, last week with a, a senior government official uh in London. Uh and I had the good fortune of of of, of having a robust discussion with a with a really uh, uh intelligent experienced group about about these subjects and we started actually with AI what is AI because people will will talk about it in a range of ways and uh and and sometimes it'll just come up with this hollywood narrative of a of a dystopia or a, or a, or potentially hopefully utopia and and i think those are a type of a lazy thinking when we go to one of those other extremes and i'd like to be a little more nuanced and that's what i offered to the to the the, the people at our at our dinner and i introduced a, the the definition that i think works for for most of us it's not precise is rather it's not accurate in the way that we've come to understand it as an ai researcher well we'll see they are learning algorithms and uh you know machine learning is a subset of ai and and deep learning is a subset of machine learning and then therefore therefore there are non machine learn there are non machine learning ais you know that that is true but it doesn't really provide much value to the 99% of us that are not ai researchers so the the definition i think really that allows uh us to get a handle on ai to place uh to find a place to grab on is defining ai as a system as a whole system from the sensing the collection of the data in whatever manner those sensors take place it could be a sensor about the physical world it could be a sensor that just is scraping the web for whatever data so you're sensing you're collecting the data you might be using edge computing 
to then going to the planning, the, the, the networking, the storage, the computation, then, then the learning algorithms that then are, then are used in application of that data, that provably integrated data, to then the outcome. Does this outcome make sense? What do I actually want to execute based on the findings of my data? It's not always obvious. And you certainly want to make sure that the output reflects the values of your firm or us as, as citizens, reflects the value of society before we actually go implement the outcomes and not just trust that every machine uh, uh, produced result is the accurate one or the one, the one that made, made a lot of sense. So that whole system, sense, plan, and then act, I think gives you a a, a much better picture of how to formulate uh, thinking in a big organization, even as in, in society, about how we can work to implement AI problems and how we can even work to uh, interject into some of the problems that may be created by by AI, such as the fear of displacement or the or the abrupt. Uh, reconfiguration of jobs, which certainly rightfully has as many people concerned. Yes, no, of course. I mean, job is a, a concern to everyone, right? Because at the end of the day, if you don't have a job, you don't have income, and how are you going to support your loved ones? So that is, uh, you know, a big challenge. And, you know, that's a topic for another discussion. But what I would like to, you know, discuss here is that, you know, these AI algorithms are all transparent, invisible. I mean, we cannot see that. We don't know what is coded in that. And uh, we don't know what kind of uh, weaponization, you know, happens. I mean, uh, there is no system. Nations have not even you know, agree, I mean, come together to define or design how to regulate this. I mean, there are efforts, you know, of uh, putting together, you know, ethics guidelines and, you know, those things, but uh, providing ethics guidelines is not going to solve any problem because what, how would you, you can tell every human being in the world that you have to live like this, but there are still a lot of, you know, criminals that come out, you know, I mean, schools teaches the ethics, you know, to everyone, but it's still, we cannot control that. So even if we put together ethics guidelines, how are we going to enforce that, you know, the security, ethics is one thing, but security is entirely another thing. How will we know what is, you know, coded in the algorithms and how would we know what is weaponized and, you know, when there is so much distrust, Fear is one, uh, definitely there, you know, a lot, lot of people are fearful about what is coming their way. But when there's so much distrust, even between nations, how are we going to come together to, you know, come up with effective security guidelines? We have, Risk Group have, has just recently proposed and we have, you know, uh, published uh, on how to, you know, ident uh, put together the naming and, you know, for these algorithms and how to come up with, how we can go forward with the security of the algorithms and how we can have a framework for that. So we have published that, but the challenge is that, you know, this is a big problem and, you know, we just don't know what is going to be coded and who is controlling, who is accountable for what the implications are. And while AI is rapidly becoming a fact of daily life, I mean, you know, overnight this is, interactions in these, you know, in artificial intelligence and the geopolitics and weaponization is fundamentally transforming everything. A, I mean, do you see that uh, the disturbance 
that is coming our way because of the weaponization of artificial intelligence. I mean, as you see the deep fake videos, you know, I mean, this is just the beginning. What could happen? It will be the boundaries between truth and, you know, reality, you know, fake or, you know, real is just blurring. That is, we will reach probably a point where we will not know what is, you know, being published is whether that is real or not. So how do you see this disturbance that is coming our way impacting the AI adaptation by businesses, because there will be a lot of accountability issues, right? I mean, they, even the business board or decision makers will have no idea of what their own algorithm, you know, is designed to do. There's really uh, uh, a lot of great uh, material in, in in what you said uh, to work on, and and I think that you know the weaponization of AI is one thing, but I think we might even uh, characterize that just more broadly. It's a lack of understanding of AI or a fear of AI, and in whatever expression it takes to get people fearful, the concern I have is uh, uh, a resistance. To AI, and I, we can't really afford to have a resistance to AI because, in many cases, it will literally save lives. the The telegenic way we see it is in reducing traffic fatalities or 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 deaths just by motor vehicles, which is a top ten cause of death globally, being hit by and being killed by uh, motor vehicles. So this literally is like a, 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 an issue of life or death for. Uh, for the application of AI. We have to increase agricultural productivity, literally, to continue to feed a growing population on the, on the planet. So we have to embrace, we cannot afford to resist the, the implementation of many of these technologies. And that's what I get concerned about in a range of applications, weaponization uh, just being one. The understanding uh, of, of AI, I think, in, in, in the future, and we begin to see a little bit of this, I think will be expressed with AI for AI. You're actually going to have to develop tools that help you navigate some uninterpretable consequences from these complex systems. So there's a, a, a terrific firm for, uh, I'm a fan of that, that looks at edge cases for uh, uh, these complex systems. So they'll use AI for these large AI systems. You know, you and I can't test all the possible outcomes of, of, a, of a motor vehicle uh, that's newly being tested, for example. And when we're talking about autonomous vehicles, these will fail in ways that we don't understand. You know, we, we naturally, maybe perhaps instinctively, perhaps by training, uh, come to understand the the, the possible actions and the limitations of actions of a human being. So if we see a human come, um, coming down uh, a path at us in a motor vehicle or not, we can generally understand if they're a, a threat or not a threat, if they're safe or generally should I be concerned. Autonomous vehicles or really autonomous machines of any kind uh, will fail, but they'll fail in different ways. And so to test those, we can't rely on these you know, million kilometer tests that we've done in the past. They have to have different sort of tests. And this company, Edgecase, uses AI to explore those boundary conditions that, that probably even a billion kilometer test wouldn't be able to satisfy. So when we talk about deep fakes, whether it's in video or audio, or, or we talk about the manipulation of news as we in the United States have experienced and in, in a couple of uh, election cycles 
and Europe is now confronting and they're wargaming against this, that we will be developing AI tools to help us then detect the, whether uh, something is, is real or not. So it's AI for AI. That's going to be a new trend in technology. In the other domain, when we talk about trust uh, and talk about building for trust, we might say even engineering for trust should become a sensibility uh, if it's not already in many schools for engineers. How do I bring in trust? How do I have that trust just be part of the natural interface? You know, when com when personal computers came to came out of the the back office into our individual desks in the late 70s, early 80s. The, the graphical user inter interface from the Macintosh was thought to be a toy. It was thought to be just a plaything, not for serious work. But our thinking around this has evolved such that human computer interaction is now a formal discipline inside of computer science departments of major research institutions globally. Designers are now part of the firmament of a, of a venture capital investment firm, just something you would deploy uh, you know, alongside any other operational executive. And I think that sort of, that sort of sensibility around human-computer interaction in applied to artificial intelligence and some of these new technologies that, that may make us uncomfortable uh, is, is another emerging trend. So I'll tell you the one path down which I'm going is in cooperation with this fantastic think tank in Washington, D.C., the Halcyon House. We are going to be rolling out later in 2019 uh, a set of principles uh, around which I think a larger group of our society can uh, orient themselves. Uh, you know, we, we have, uh, to your point, a set of principles that uh, large companies have put out and you know every every several weeks or so here in, in San Francisco where I am I will get an invitation to participate in some discussion or another sharing thoughts about best practices and in, in, in implementing AI for large companies and you know to the credit of the large companies around the area in which I live we are sharing best practices we often will have a, a some sort of chief ethicist uh, at these various companies trying to we'll say compare notes but you know, you've read these uh, uh, forms, um, uh, and and I, I don't trust them. I doubt you do, you do. I think actually one of the reasons we don't trust them is because we actually don't understand what some of these terms mean. Even what do you mean by privacy? You know, what are the standards you're holding yourselves on, on privacy? And another thing is how how is our understanding of this technology in 2019 different from how we understood it in 2016? Therefore, how will it be different in 2021? It'll be very different. It'll be very different. We should respect that, that temporal fluctuation or that temporal evolution. Another is we should also respect the, the industry uh, uh, divergence of these values, or at least the prioritization of these values. You know, if for uh, a large internet advertising company, you and I would very much be concerned about privacy, data security, uh, you know, protecting the dignity of my own digital identity. I'm not so concerned about safety because there's nothing in digital advertising per se that's going to kill me. But in a in an aerospace manufacturer, it's flipped. I'm really not quite so concerned about data private privacy and and data security. Just do what you need to do to keep me safe. So the the industry differentiations uh, should be also respected when we think about these high level principles, if you will. And then at the at the very lowest 
uh, interaction with AI is as individuals and whether, whether we're at the board level or we're at the individual contributor level or whether we're somewhere in between, middle management, senior management, or, or just starting as a manager, we need to link that level of understanding to the corporate principles. And I think this can be uh, uh, done with, with a great deal of cooperation because you see some companies actually calling for regulation to some extent. This is because they, they want to orient around a set of standards that, that people generally understand. You know, what companies need is they need predictability more than anything else. And to link the sensibilities for the, 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 the targets set by the company to the understanding uh, at, by, at an individual level or whatever level they're interacting is an innovation I think the, the Halcyon House uh, has, has properly pursued. And I'm, I'm really excited about the launch they'll have later in 2019, you know, announcing this, this broader initiative, linking these sensibilities of the corporate goals distinguished by time, distinguished by industry, distinguished by understanding uh, of the internet uh, or an AI. Uh, to individual expressions and individual understandings that, that can be a bridge then uh, for any corporate implementation uh, of AI in the world. Well, let's hope so, because I mean, uh, there is no way that anybody would promote, I mean, at least I would not promote that, let's stop the progress and development of this, you know, uh, developing this uh, artificial intelligence, so to say. It is not about that, but at the same time, we need to have parallel developments of how to be accountable, how to make sure, uh, especially when you see that weaponization is already ongoing and there is a whole new industry emerging for, you know, the cybersecurity, the hackers. It's an industry now, you know, because the young, so many young people find it very thrilling to be able to infiltrate, you know, corporate systems and, you know, government systems. So when there is... Uh, this is done at an industry level, crime has become so glorified, then it's very difficult because then the next step is that AI is going to be, you know, AI weaponization is going to be glorified without understanding the consequences of where it could take us. And everything is connected now. IoT has connected all of us. So yes, you know, the definition of privacy is changing. The understanding of privacy is changing, but because now, we are going towards smart, you know, uh, meters, smart grids, smart uh, uh, cities and some smart weapon, uh, autonomous uh, uh, weapons, as well as the smart, you know, uh, all kinds of initiatives that everything is in, uh, connected. Now, IOTs in millions, you know, are connecting each one of us to everything around us, smart homes and everything. So, Yes, our safety and security is, you know, now at risk. And that is a cause of great con concern because this AI, the technology is now taking us out of this two-dimensional form uh, from, you know, and IoT integration is now allowing it to develop environments where users can interact. And, you know, the yes, we can use AI for offense as well as defense. It is changing the whole dynamics because the... Now, a common man is involved here. You know, it's not a warfare between the militaries or the, you know, nation states. It is warfare that is targeting everyone, individuals as well as entities across nations. You know, it's government, industries, organizations and academia. So everything is at risk. So how do you see this changing the, you know, emerging business parameters and applications as we go try to go forward uh, on this AI journey? You know, one of the scary things about AI is 
that uh, we can in many ways see the future, right? Especially with autonomous vehicles, it's pretty easy to say, wow, we're gonna have autonomous vehicles. Uh, uh, and then let our imaginations run wild and all the bad things that could possibly happen. You know, we can do the same thing with video manipulations or audio manipulations or any any other ranges of, uh, of manipulations of, of our behavior. But uh, there's a, there's a the saying we have in the investment community, which is don't confuse a, a clear vision for a short time horizon. You know these these the, the manifestations of of awfulness. You know uh, won't won't all come in the next six months. Uh, and it's really important that we engage in the conversation of AI. And this is this is why I uh, am so uh, uh, passionate about uh, having play having a having a definition to start with of AI that allows people to be proactive in their engagement, not just reactive. I don't wanna just wait for some large internet uh, uh, behemoth to come up with AI principles or do something badly and then protest against them or react against them or you know tell them how awful they are. I wanna find a place to engage. What's my place as a citizen uh, in the evolution of AI? You know, we have a historical precedent for this with other machines. You know, the automobile uh, is 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 a really great example of this. Uh, you know, it wasn't just one country uh, that decided uh, brake lights were a really good idea. You know, it became a global standard. And brake lights were not part of the first automobile. Headlights were not part of the very first automobile. Turn signals were definitely not part of any automobile for quite some time. And the third brake light was added later. You know, we, we've come as a society to realize that we needed some sort of signaling me mechanism around this multi-ton hunk of steel rolling down, uh, you know, with some degree of velocity in, pl in places people walk. Uh, you know, so we've had a conversation around safety. And I think we are in uh, that discussion today. And it's really important to include a diversity of thought a diversity of voices globally about how to frame this new technology so that everybody can embrace its adoption. And yeah, there, there are certainly some scary outcomes. You know, one of, one of the really scary things about, about this technology relative to others is, is just the nature of digital technologies itself, is that once something works, it scales infinitely and the change was abrupt. You know, we just don't see it. Uh, uh, coming, it's it just happens, and and it, and it happens as if it always already existed. You know, we, once the the smartphone uh, uh, was was invented, when, once it came out uh, out into our world, you know, nothing else existed. It just diminished the value of everything else with a with a speed that uh, uh, you know you know transformed that industry. Obviously, and and here's a critical issue about our ability to predict these things. In an abstract way, everybody could have predicted uh, some form of Star Trek transmitter being held up to their face and being able to talk on it. Everybody can imagine in, in a general way what would happen, but nobody actually predicted the iPhone. Nobody, nobody would know uh, the, the form it would take. And if somebody is so brave uh, to think that they did predict that, I, I, we, we can go further and say, you, you certainly weren't able to predict the app store. <laughs> Right, you wouldn't have been able to give advice to your children or your relatives to consider a career as an app developer in 2004. Right, it just wasn't. It wasn't in our imagination. So we need to be engaged in this conversation so that everybody participates in what form these technologies take. Because once we develop an infrastructure, it's really hard to to change it, to undo it. 
you know, the, the form of, of, uh, of automobile safety devices, the form of the infrastructure in cities, once it's in place, it, it, it's there for a while. And so our laws and regulations globally, uh, we need to be very careful about uh, and, and, and thoughtful about and engaged with uh, all of our society about what guardrails we want to be in place. And that's why I think about the certification. That's why I think about linking sensibilities between the, the company and the individual and individuals becoming a bridge in implementation. And that's why I think of the very definition of AI being a whole system, sense, plan, and act. Yes, I hope so that that works because we do need the artificial intelligence. We do need the robots that are embedded with artificial general intelligence to go beyond our earth and explore the universe and you know get us all the intelligence that we need or get us help in uh, establishing space colonies and uh, doing asteroid mining and you know exploring the universe where there are habitable planets or if there are not then you know then creating the environments where humans can uh, survive. So yes, we do need beyond Earth, we do need uh, the applications of artificial general intelligence to help us uh, what we need for the future of humanity. So yes, absolutely, this is not about, you know, getting fearful about it, but we do need to be mindful about where things could go wrong, you know, and we have to make sure that it doesn't go wrong because the implications are huge. And we have to make sure that the young generation don't get, you know, very thrilled about causing damage rather they should be their intelligence their brilliance should be diverted towards developing applications for the future of humanity for solving problems and i hope that we are all you know collectively able to convey that message to the young generation that there is so much that you can contribute for the future of humanity rather than just you know uh, hacking you know someone or uh, rather than creating algorithm that will destroy some you know something so having said that what would you like to tell our global viewers and listeners especially about your new initiatives or books that you have written that are you know going to be coming you know in near future yeah well so in, in addition to my my board service on on, on wellways medical and on uh, patum the, the the technology and the company that really has my attention is this new wave of data integration, data migration. It represents, uh, as we as said earlier in our discussion, 40% of the global IT budget. There is no AI without integrated data, without massive amounts of integrated data, right? That's really what powers AI. You and I are gonna have 5G devices in, in what? A year, two years, three years, very soon. And do we think there's gonna be more data or, or less data with these 5G devices? I mean, more, more data, right? It's a rhetorical question. And how, if we have trouble dealing with this data deluge today, how are we ever gonna be able to deal with this data deluge coming with, with 5G? The, the technology is breaking uh, today and being able to handle this massive amount of data. You know, we're working with uh, a very large uh, ride-sharing company that has had over a billion rides and, and discovers their uh, graph database upon which they're storing all this data is is at the breaking point today. Uh, and, and so is jointly advocating uh, our technology at, to the Apache Foundation uh, as part of their stack for setting a standard of new graph databases. That's really where we're going, is this technology is just so exciting in being able to power all of, of these AI projects by being, being able to bring massive new amounts of provably integrated data, data that's integrated while guaranteeing model integrity and data integrity. And that's just not uh, possible 
uh, any other way. The uh, adjunct to that is uh, I am in the process of writing with a major publisher a, a playbook uh, on AI. It should be uh, out sometime uh, next year. Uh, we're targeting sometime around the U.S. election, of course, uh, which would be a good time because AI is going to probably be part of that discussion. Uh, and that the playbook on AI in this particular case is 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 completely consistent with the conversation uh, you and I are having uh, here, which is how do we actually grab hold uh, of AI and participate in this? There's a lot of excellent books on AI, but what I think it needs to still be done is describe how in individuals can uh, participate and not just get scared. Uh, we A lot of people know uh, in a general sense what AI is. Uh, they may know uh, how it's gonna affect their lives uh, in a general sense, but they really may not know uh, what to do about it uh, on a Monday morning. And that's really what uh, the book is intended to address. Wonderful, wonderful. And you are right, the data integration is uh, going to be fundamental in the coming years. We do need to have that collective data, uh, data set so that we can create more intelligence. We can understand the patterns. We can get a lot of you know, intelligence out of it. So having said that, thank you so much, Eric, for participating in Risk Roundup today. We appreciate your thoughtful insight on AI for business. And of course, we discussed you know, much more than business uh, and the trends uh, and the weaponization and all that. So our global viewers and listeners will benefit tremendously from the information you provided today. And even if a single decision maker can understand the complex challenges emerging from the AI transformation and they are able to overcome that and see the value in data integration, working together and all that after listening to this discussion, this risk round of dialogue has been of service, and we thank you for that. It's good to be here, Dr. Panda. Wonderful. So Risk Roundup, a global initiative launched by Risk Group, is a security risk reporting for risk emerging from existing and emerging technologies, technology convergence, and transformation happening across cyberspace, aquaspace, geospace, and space. We at Risk Group believe that risk management, security, and peace, they walk together hand in hand. Though security is related to the management of threats and peace to the management of conflicts, Risk management is related to management of security vulnerabilities as well as management of conflict and is not possible to conceive any one of the three without the existence of the other two. All three concepts feed into each other. We believe that the security we build for ourselves is precarious and uncertain until it is secure for everyone across nations. Tradition becomes our security. So if we create a culture of managing risk effectively, it will lead us to security and security will lead us to peace. Let's manage the existing and emerging risks together. For more information on the risk roundups, to watch the risk roundup video audio podcast, please go to riskgroupllc.com and do not forget to subscribe and share. Until next time, I'm Jayshree, host of Risk Roundup, signing off. See you next time. Thank you.